anything you wish. Hello, lovely people, and welcome to another episode of Quintessentially Queer. Once again, I am your host, George Rallis, and today we have the honor to have with us the lovely Calliope Meta. Say hello, Hi, Calliope. <laughs> so, before we get into it with Calliope Metas, today we will be talking about politics and safe spaces, essentially. So, before we start talking about safe spaces, right, we should also make this binary in the beginning between a safe space and the freedom of speech in today's society. With so many hashtags going on around, like hashtag not all men, talking about not all men being rapists or being sexists, or we all have that like one straight friend that you invite them to a pride and they're like, why is there no straight pride? And you're like, Mary, you should be, gra- you should be grateful you don't need one, first of all. But beyond we get into that, right? Um, let's ask ourselves, how do we establish safety? What is the threat that goes against the safety that these spaces procure, Right. Once, I was walking in the old city of Nicosia, wearing a black crop top, the one actually that says his dark elements on it, and these high-waisted velvet office pants. To me, that was pretty butch, <laughs> I know, right? Because there wasn't any skin showing or any explicitly feminine cues, and at least to my own understanding, right? Beyond the crop top. So I was walking down the street, minding my own business, and then a police car passes by, and while they were passing by, I hear them. Uh, I see them kind of like slowing down, looking at me. And I hear them going like, "Fuck it, where are you going?" In Greek, yeah, 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 bitch. I don't Tri- know this story. Yeah, 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 uh huh, uh huh. Cyprus for you. Oh yeah, my yeah. Gosh. I agree. <laughs> uh, right. I so. Anyway, so when I was walking there, I kind of like looked at them very angrily, and I kind of like asked them like, what "The fuck," basically. Mm-hmm. So then they got pissed off, but they tried to kind of like reverse the car, and I ran to the place that I was going to go meet with my friends. And then I felt safe again. So as queer people in general, right? And even women, actually, we have to learn which spaces are for us and which streets we can take. Yeah. Yeah. But what we forget, right? um, In this, okay, this parable is like evidently just negative, but we should always keep in mind that freedom is a versatile bitch. It requires the person that asks for the freedom to realize that firstly, it should never be taken for granted as the action which you ask permission to perform, even if it is, like, um, objectively right or wrong, right, uh, might overpower someone else's need for freedom, whether that is freedom of speech or freedom of expression. I mean, expression of identity, thus. Thus, freedom, right, comes hand in hand with subjectivity in a power-verse relationship. Even in safe spaces like clubs, people are looking for a place where they'll be free from identity-based insults and reactions against themselves. Other times, people look for a space where they can talk freely about ideas, just like a university, hopefully, and their internal idiosyncrasies without having to worry about being seen as offensive. Ideally, we should strive for both kinds in one place, right? Loosely speaking, both thus can be dubbed as a safe space. But immediately, there's this polarity that arises. The two kinds of safe spaces are often at cross-purposes. Let's call the first kind of place as a safe being space, and the second place as a safe talking space. So, these notions are easily mixed up because the context that originally brought them brought out the phrase safe space into popular discourse is a psychotherapist's room, which is a safe space in both senses. A good therapist allows you to articulate thoughts you would hesitate to say to even your best friend, from fears to fantasies and fetishes. And this safe talking space 
makes you confident that words won't ruin the therapeutic relationship you're trying to create with this person and with the room in general, let's say. At the same time, the therapist's commitment to withholding judgment, advice, and personal moral views lets you feel safe in your own skin color, sexual orientation, religion, or whatever the matra hand may be. And in this way, therapy also turns into a safe being space. Let's continue on this binary between psychological and political with the goal of both being merged in the end, according to me at least. And that's showing how kind of like a club and like a space literally can be therapeutic. I will use Julia Kristeva's Another Mom, Beyond Butler, Kristeva's uh, binary of interpretation to show the reasoning around safe spaces. Um, and then uh, ideally try to merge the two in the end, because I don't really believe in safe spaces. I believe in brave spaces, but we're getting to that. Kristeva claims that there are two forms of interpretation, the psychoanalytic and the political, and thus stressing the political implications of the act of interpretation itself. Interpretation is inherently political. You cannot remove yourself from it. When one posits themselves as an interpreter, what they have in mind, what they wish for, is the other person's agreement in order to gain some reassurance about their identity and their psychological synthesis that would be in agreement with the external opinion. However, this understanding of safety, of an idea, of an identity, of an opinion, if you ask me, and actually that's what Christopher claims as well, has a totalitarian effect to it, as it seeks verification based only on one dimension and one meaning, the one that you constructed for yourself, the one that you interpreted for yourself. What we fear, thus, is the delirium of the other, the other opinion, the other period. A good analyst should take up a position which should be midway between the classical method of interpretation, where the initial position of the interpreter wishes to remain unscathed, and on the other, being vulnerable to the possible deconstruction of the presumed subject-object relationship, aka their own opinion, thus allowing for alternative points of interpretation and understanding to, up, to emerge. For Christopher Vaz, an ideal interpretation is to make connections in such a way that you open up the field of subjectivity, realizing that as a subject, you actually are the producer of the field of interpretation. A stance that actually isn't that radically new with Christopher, as, for example, both Marx and Freud talked about it. However, that idea and that stance was transformed, has transformed our understanding of the nature of interpretation by turning that action, right, into, for example, in the case of Marx, a revolution, and in the case of Freud, as a cure. In this way, what we should strive for is not safety per se, as that uses a one-dimensional approach to what it is we are in danger of. It uses a one meaning to the thing we try to interpret, calling it even a safe space. We should instead realize that the alternative interpretations are there, even if we close them outside in order to create safety in between the unscathed, stable, and similar opinionated people. As queer people, right, we realize at a very young age which spaces are designated and allowed for us. We see the men's toilets with their urinals as the antagonism to a self-sufficient fight. We see the men's locker room as a bottled closet in which we have to hide and face down in case there is a reaction to our natural inclination to look at people. Shout out to Sedgwick, by the way. We see our dad urging us to look at that woman's ass that's passing by, even for a little bit. We see our friend showing us a bitch's Facebook. Boys can be boys, even if they're grown-ass men, right? I will not talk about woman, as I am not one, and have never experienced the space as one. I have had long nails, wear makeup and short skirts. 
have been asked to define my pronoun and how I have sex, but I did not step once through life as a woman. I'm not trying to be exclusionary, but I will also not say bullshit of the kind, oh my God, I know exactly how you feel. No, I don't, nor will I ever. I will talk to people that do not belong though, be it woman, be it queer, be it ugly, fat, Cypriot, whatever. We see a side of ourselves that no one really does. When the door was locked and you were alone in front of that mirror dancing to Shakira or pretending that you're a woman wearing your mom's heels. When your mom bought you a bra and a pink skin-tight shirt only for you to take off as soon as you go to school and then trade it with a band t-shirt. We see a side of selfhood that cannot be realized, yet wishes so eagerly to be recognized. Whether that is as normal man or a normal woman or a normal person. I personally say, fuck your recognition and fuck your normalcy. I just want your respect. We see our home, our parents, our siblings as an obstacle or as a submission to an ulterior motive of belonging, of having to pretend and never really feel at home in the confines of the house you are brought up in. We see life as a constant evolution of closets, each time constituting our action of coming out. We see friends, people, lovers, co-workers as places we inhabit for interpretation a place in which we can belong to ourselves only after they allow us to, or only after they understand the need for belonging and thus agree with what we claim. We see vulnerability and power as two psychotic excess that somehow always find your number and text you at midnight right when your mind was put to ease by a fucking joint or just some fucking. We see safety as an oasis of like-minded individuals called friends and fellow weirdos. We see it as an accumulation of our vulnerability and our need for resilience, as a communal effort to establish language of thought that can be talked and shared between friends through a unity of oneness. Vulnerability, my friend, should be understood as politically produced and unequally distributed through and by differential operations of power. Vulnerability, my friend, is saying that the previous quote is not mine by Judith Butler's and you're not judging me for it. For these reasons, and this alone, a safe space is nowhere to be found. It does not exist and it cannot be sustained. It can be created and imagined only for a night with correct predispositions and measurements. However, the safety of the space will end along with the energy required to dance within it, occupy it and make it your own. Which is why I say, fuck the safety. I will not speak for women nor for queers. I am not the representative and I don't know what you went through nor will I ever. You don't know what I went through nor what I will. All I know is that if I am here talking to you, listening, then you have occupied a space in my mind where our spirits are kindred. All I know is that if you're looking, then I have occupied my own vulnerability in the safety of your own eyes. Your conception analysis are your own. All I know is that if you're still actually following what I'm saying, then the spaces in your life have succumbed to the periphery of your emotions and the readjustments of your perception. Spatial recognition is not a thing when you have no space in life. All I know and hope to share with you is that we are not safe and we never will be. All I know and hope is that we're never safe because then the spaces will just become realities that hold ourselves and our perceptions to the mere number of four walls and immediate reactions. All I know and can talk for is that, my friend, if you have made it this far in life with no walls, no safety and no space, then what you are is fucking brave. And that is what we're celebrating here in Quintessentially Queer. Work, bitch. I just rhymed there. Yeah, right? Okay, so before we get into the gig with the lovely Calliope, let's get into the heart of Africa. 
That was Heart of Africa by Jam and Spoon. And actually the first song that we introduced, that we did the introduction with was Humate 1996. So hello, Galliopi. Hi. Welcome to Quintessentially Thank Queer. You. Thanks for having me. It's oh good my. to see you. I know, right? What the fuck, bitch? It's <laughs> been so like long. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Today's burning, honey. It's yeah, so fucking hot. Jesus. Yeah. Hot coffee was not a good decision. Definitely not a good decision. <laughs> but it's okay. I'm practicing for health, so yeah. it's fine. Can't complain. So, how are you, babe? How are you holding good, up in good. this uh, craziness? Well, there's a, well, we're having our ups and downs, but it's okay. I mean, it's more like we're trying to get our hands around whatever is happening. Mm -hmm. So, it, it takes a lot of energy sometimes, but it's fine. Do you feel productive in this? Uh, well, not particularly. <laughs> same. <laughs> to be honest. Like really same. No, 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 no. But I'm, I'm getting better at it now. Yeah, I think um, we're all kind of like trying to incorporate ourselves a little bit more so it's a little bit more smooth. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like but the transition. Yeah, but yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, you've heard the introduction, bitch. Yes. And for those <laughs> that don't know us and our relationship, Kaliob yes. is the creative director of His Drag Elements, a collective that I'm part of as well. Mm -hmm. And we started working together since Maybe we met. 
Seems yeah, like I think it was it was love November. <laughs> yeah, it was. It really was. We started working together from last November, actually. I think so yeah. Yeah, November 2018 yeah. was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it November? Was it before that? No, girl, because we we had like the first party for Zach at Frankreich in November ah, 23rd okay. yeah. or 27th. Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, so essentially, and yes. uh, just to give you an introduction to our relationship, yes. we were supposed to meet in Cyprus, actually. We were supposed to meet in Cyprus, yep. yes, but uh, we never did. Never did, yeah. actually. I had my finals at the time, yeah. so I couldn't really go because um, my friends booked Pablo to yes, play yes, from his regular events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was really nice. Yeah, it's such a nice, <sighs> nice weekend. I wish like, I was there. So nice in Cyprus. <laughs> yeah, girl, it is great in Cyprus. Yeah. Not gonna lie, it's super yeah, cute. It was fantastic. Yeah. but unfortunately, I couldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving these sound effects, bitch. Living for them. Anyway, so I couldn't really go because at my finals. Uh, but I heard Pablo and like he said, and I was like, "Work, bitch, nice." Yeah. And then I moved to Amsterdam. So, my friend Anastasia, yeah. shout out to Anastasia, hey, you've glove. Hey. She's actually doing the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's family business today. It is. She's it doing is. the graphic design for his like, elements. Graphic designer, yeah. yeah. Amazing artist. Amazing. And uh, so, she reminded me that you're here and that yeah. we would kind of like meet up. And we did, yes. actually. And I remember I came to her house after a grinder hookup. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, I have to come over. I have to I come over. To talk to you. It was traumatic. It was traumatic, girl. But anyway, let's not get into that. That's for the after party. Yes. And so then I remember the first, I mean, I came to a couple of your parties in Sugar Factory. Yeah, I remember. It was, um, I think the first one, was it at OT301? No, babes. I came to Sugar Factory. No, the first time we met was at OT301. I'm oh, you're yes. right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You evoked your way into my heart. Yes, <laughs> yes I did. <laughs> it was that night. It was that night. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where your was. Yeah, yeah, and I remember. Yes, yeah, it's yeah, all coming yeah, back yeah. to me. So we met in OT301. That and was then, the first time. Yeah, and then I think the second was like one of the afters that we did at yes. Sugar Factory. Yes, exactly. Yeah, but then we started hanging out. Yeah. So it was all very... And yeah. the third one, that's yeah. when it really like, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah. Was when uh, Paul Bloman was playing? Was it? No. I cannot remember. Everything is a blur. Really, right? <laughs> like Amsterdam. Like two years ago, <laughs> yeah. it's a blur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anywho, but I remember coming to his Dark Element and I was like, Holy shit, yeah. like what is, what is this? Yeah. I really I genuinely really do like being a bit confused on the dance floor, yeah, as yeah. you know. Um cuz like it's You're a critical spirit, that's I, why. I am, that's why, that's why, bitch. Um so it's like I don't know, I've heard like this weird sound yeah. that I haven't really heard in Amsterdam before. Yeah. And I haven't really seen being featured here. Yeah. I was a bit familiar with it. Yeah. Coming from Cyprus, coming from like a rock and roll, let's say yeah, background, yeah. like more punk, yeah. which was nice. But um, it's the first time that I heard it in a club setting in corporate with techno this yeah, way. Yeah. So that really grabbed my attention. So then when I actually uh, had the idea to organize the event for Zach, which we will mention later, yes. by the way, <laughs> um, of course I would ask you guys. And yeah. then it was just like match made in heaven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, Pablo just listening to him was like, bitch, yes, take me. <laughs> take me to your leader, you know? <laughs> So tell me a little bit about his dark elements. Um, what drove you to create this party? Uh, when did it start? What's the backstory behind? Uh, What's the well, tea? his dark elements started in 2016, but like partying has always been like probably the most important part in my life. Like since <laughs> I ever remember myself, you know? Poor bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my birthday parties at elementary school was the party of the year. Oh my god, same. <laughs> yes, bitch. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it was always, you know, about like throwing a good party, about the music. And I think it was just natural to do this at some point in my life. Now I'm thinking that I should have done it earlier already, you yeah. know, because, as you know, like my background is psychology. I've studied psychology. I know. So That's why we kissed them Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like it's always been my my big love, you know. It's it's always been the thing that I've always that yep. I've that I wanted to do. So like I met like Pavlos Pablo Disco. We met in Greece like a few years ago, mm-hmm. and he was a DJ. He's a DJ, but he was like part of a like a well known Greek organization. And uh, I heard his music. Then we met in Greece and we hang out. And when he moved here, mm-hmm. uh, it was only natural to come up with that, you know. And like it started as an idea, but then it turned into the project that it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, where where was the first one? Uh, the very first one was at uh, Vla. It's in the right. it's in the west. Mm-hmm. It's in Slaughterfart. It's an old it's a warehouse. It's a very nice cool venue actually. Mm-hmm. But you know, the first few parties that we did was only yeah. like for our friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like as an international collective, we did not mm-hmm. uh, like have the connections or the network already established here to do yeah. parties and make it easier for us. Yeah, yeah. But it was really cool actually, you know, because the first few parties was very low key mm-hmm. and like under the radar mm-hmm. locations and stuff. It was really cool. And then the second one, as you told me, was in water, water it house? Was at the, yeah, we did a couple at Vla, and then it was at the water house, which was part of a bigger um, community, um, the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. But then that was like the remaining part of the lighthouse. Yeah. It was a community of artists that lived there. It was like a squat. It nice. was a great location. Oh, that sounds amazing, actually. It was fantastic. You would have loved I it. I know. You would have loved it. But you know, gentrification. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> well, it it's not fun. okay, but yeah. And I, I, yeah. I saw the pictures with a uh, snaffle. Was it that place? Yeah, yeah. We oh met snaffle from Germany. Sick. It was a fantastic party. Oh. It was like literally the place that th- those guys threw the party was mm-hmm. in their kitchen. Yeah. So when the sun came up, it was like, oh, this is actually like a kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> was like nice. with two hundred nice. people. Wake and bake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But it had like great sound system, great lights. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Hey, Margo Enduro. <laughs> <laughs> so like, what's the? Was there a specific idea that you had in mind when you created it? Like, what were your your like, let's say, main inspirations in terms of maybe sound or yeah. collectivity? I, I don't know. Well, for for uh, for us, like the the important part is community. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a place where people can come and because I don't know, I don't like using the word safe either, you know, yeah, 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 <laughs> in yeah, this yeah. sense. Of course, like the point is that everyone feels safe, but it's a sense of community, you know, where mm-hmm. everyone can be at a space where vulnerability is not going to be judged. It's not mm-hmm. going to be, you know, it's expected. And yep. this is like it's going to be your hub where you're discovering yourself yep. in one way or the other. Uh-huh. Uh, because like parting is a very like the club or the party is a very personal like experience. Yeah, it's therapeutic. It's therapeutic. That's yeah. how I see it as well. You know, it's always been my personal therapy. Yeah, exactly. That's why I miss it so much yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Same. <laughs> you know, so it's 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 a place where people need, uh, where people are encouraged to come and discover themselves and feel their vulnerabilities mm-hmm. and their weaknesses and perceived weaknesses. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. okay. You know, people will like cater them and. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Um, I, actually, that's the reason... Like, the reason I kind of, like, approached you and we started yeah. working together yeah. is no, I don't think that it's great because I work yeah. there, yeah. Yeah. but the reason I wanted to work is because it was great. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, it's, you know, it, when it started, I just had, like, the initial... There were the initial ideas in, in our heads, in my head, you know, mm-hmm. how it's going to 
take place because it's it's one thing to be a party goer because I've been yeah. like craving for like like 25 years now yeah, you know bitch. but another <laughs> thing to like organize your yeah, own party it's a completely different experience mm -hmm. so it's it was like an idea that was even for my head you know it formulated and then it developed like gradually yeah. and then all the ideas you know came flowing and yeah, yeah. What it is uh, i remember wh what struck me the most in general like even the parties that i was going to before long before this because mm. uh, as you know i'm a side trans freak yeah so yeah, yeah. like i really don't like places that there is a hierarchy right no neither of no, coolness no. nor no. of appearance like i don't no. like that shit it defeats you know? the purpose <laughs> exactly yeah. you know what i mean i'm used to yeah. raving in a fucking like i don't know field in the middle of yeah. Nowhere with dirt yeah. everywhere all over me, yeah, like yeah. you know. That's so the <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So then coming here, actually, th there was a very big appropriation of identity yeah. and appearance, which was very like an alien like mm. um, approach to raving and yeah. clubbing for me. Yeah. So then when I came to Sugar Factory, mm -hmm. that was this small little hole in the wall with yeah. literally every kind of person you can yeah, imagine, yeah, yeah, yeah. like from homosexuals to homo sapiens yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah, mean yeah. it was like amazing I remember when you told me this is like the salt and pepper from sugar <laughs> yeah 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 literally literally though yeah. you know it was, it, was, it was amazing it was very yeah. very cool so um, let's talk about the sound a little bit of his yes, dark elements what would you like what I, there's a very distinct sound to it right can you give me like maybe like a small definition of it and like what? How did your musical education, let's say, and your background mm. with partying come into play with that? Yeah. Well, um, I've been listening to a lot of music. Mm -hmm. I think that like my major educator in music was my father. Oh, <laughs> nice. Because, yeah, yeah, he's like we still like send YouTube videos to one another. Nice. Because like he was always like there was always music in our house, you know. Mm -hmm. But like from pop, my my father loved pop, of course. But <laughs> any kind of yeah. So it's, it was all about. <laughs> music everywhere so we had to have like a good sound system and whenever because we were traveling abroad very often we would always go like sound system shopping you nice. know in malls and stuff and cd shopping so actually my first i think my love for electronic music was because of jean-michel jarre because my okay. father loved him so we had like oh, all vinyls nice. he loves soundtracks uh-huh so we'd sit together, he would like literally make us watch because he'd always <laughs> like to record like either videotapes. Now I'm talking about like the, like the 80s, you know, yeah. like videotapes or audio tapes. So we would always sit together and mm -hmm. watch like the latest live concert of Jean-Michel Jarre, you know, in, uh, mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. Dallas, for example. <laughs> so it was always about that. And you know he, I would I would record tapes for him, yes. and we would listen to them while driving around. Mm -hmm. So I've listened to a lot of pop. I've listened to a lot of rock. I would say that I'm more rock than I am techno. Yes, you know, because yeah, my my heart is rock. It's uh -huh. rock and roll. Preach, preach. Yeah. So because I've listened to like a lot of, I, I'm always listening to a lot of genres. You know, it's I think that's it's it's good to hear a lot of music also yep. for the creative process for yes. the artists producing music. It's good to have like a broad. Yes, yes. Knowledge. How how would you uh, what what type of uh, music would you describe historic elements as? Um, uh, like that's always a hard question. Yeah, right. Because I would always say rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that a lot of people would not like pick up why. Maybe yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. pick up why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm listening to a lot of rock. Um, it's very left field. It is very left field. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. Just it, it has this like I would like it sounds a little bit like too literal. It has this dark element. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but um. 
very dancey at the same time, you know, yeah. like very dancey, very uh-huh. sexy, very melancholic. It can be very emotional. Yes. I think we're very emotional. Very sinister as well. Very sinister at the same it's time. It's dark, but it's not like dark. You know, yeah. it's like it's like sinister, sinister and sensual. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this. I'll I keep love that. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my grinder bio. We're sinister. <laughs> Sinister elements. Yes, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why actually, um, to be clear, that's maybe why, not maybe, that's why I was like attracted yeah. to it and it responded and resonated so well with me because yeah. yeah. I was born and raised like with uh, rock and roll from yeah. Greek rock and roll yeah. from my parents to exactly. like, I don't know, my musical education was given to me by my brother, to yeah. be quite honest. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time I saw Kiss. Yeah. I was like, oh holy yeah, shit, yeah, what amazing. is this? Yeah. I was like, really, my fascinations yeah. were Kiss. And Shakira. And Shakira, it's it's, it's so <laughs> it's the perfect description of my yeah, personality. Yeah, like yeah. literally, though, and True. yeah, and like I don't know the reason why I loved rock and roll and the reason why kind of like his like elements resonated so well with me is because like um, the, it's it's I don't know it was an accumulation and kind of like an acceptance of this kind of like darkness that you have inside, yeah, but yeah. not in a judgmental way, nor not no. even in an aestheticized way. It's no. like it's okay to let go and be like, I don't know, destroyed or yeah, be sad exactly. or, you know what I mean? Whatever exactly. that negative emotion you want to yeah. do, just let it all on the dance yeah. floor, you know but what I mean? We have to process all emotions, you know? Like, that's that's how it is. Like, if you're sad, yeah. you're sad. Yep, yep. It's, uh, yeah, exactly. Freedom of expression, mm-hmm. freedom of emotional expression is yeah, the, yeah. It's the most important part. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, I yeah, okay, I love techno, partying, te- partying to techno and yeah. electronic music in general. And, but I will never understand, like, those people that just listen to, like, industrial banging like yeah. you know what like how i mean there's such yeah. a big um, spectrum of music mm. like and such a big spectrum of emotions yes yeah. i understand there's yeah. like emotional techno yeah. there's upbeat there's down tempo whatever but yeah. like girl like there's so many nice music yeah. oh, so much nice but you music know like there. music music is for me like music is a form of language like uh-huh. it's a form of like emotional language so oh, yes. it can interpret like for example when i'm sad you know mm-hmm. when i have my like really sad days mm-hmm. i can only process my emotions through listening to like metal. You yeah, know? Like, oh you know, yes. I'm not gonna listen to like techno or oh, electro, yes. you know, mm-hmm. this is what I'm gonna listen to when I'm happy and I just wanna wake up and like dance uh-huh. and stuff, you know, then process my like positive emotions, yep. you know, my happiness and, you know, excitement. But when I have my sad days, it's like, it's the, li- and I was talking to Pablos also about it the other day, like mm-hmm. how, cause he's been listening to a lot of like rock also in the house now. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, it's a different way that you process emotions, you know? It's uh-huh. the guitar, it's like yeah. the sounds of the guitars and the chords and the piano or the mm-hmm. lyrics that stimulate such, some kinds of emotions yeah, that yeah, arise, yeah. you know, in the surface and then you can process them in a healthy way. So, it just, music translates in mm-hmm. different, like it's a that. language that translates in different <laughs> languages. But then the feeling, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the essence mm-hmm. of it is the same. That's, that's why you can trace like, I'm going to listen to like a techno track and I'm going to be like, oh, this is like it induces the same feeling as like when I'm hearing a rock song. Yep. So I think it's kind of rock, you know? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. Yeah, uh-huh. it's like that. Literally, like literally though, yesterday I woke up and for some reason I felt like listening to Bob Marley. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> but maybe it was because it was that it was sunny the, the and I woke weather. up and I was like, yeah, Missing the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The beach. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like uh, the day before that, I woke up and I just listened to like um, Amy Winehouse because yeah. I was in that moment. Yes, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. living it. And today I woke up and was listening to I'm Coming Out. Yeah. But I can't. Like literally it's the first thing I do when I wake up 
open Spotify, put yeah. in a fucking song. Yeah. Which actually I know that like Spotify doesn't really credit that much the artists. Mm. They don't really get paid that much yeah. through Spotify. Yeah. But it's a good platform. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know whoever has to hear it, which they probably won't but Spotify just like support fucking artists, yeah. bitch. Don't be like that. Don't be that girl. No one likes yeah, that yeah. girl. You know <laughs> what I mean? Should. So why his dark elements? I know that you were inspired by his dark materials, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is yeah. there like a direct um Well, I was reading um his dark materials at the moment, which I have to say I I did not realize back then that it's going to become like a very popular show. <laughs> <laughs> What's the show? There's like a, there's a show. I think it's on Netflix. Is there? I don't know. Um, yeah, it's uh, they they made it into a series. Okay, what? But it was it was a movie first. Like a year later, they uh -huh. they made a movie, and the movie was also I think it's Nicole Kidman. Really? I'm putting my mouth away okay. from the microphone. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm an amateur. Put your mouth close. <laughs> <laughs> okay, work. Yeah, but I'm really interested in like um, alternative realities and parallel universes. So the book was all about that. Mm -hmm. And I'm always curious, you know, about quantum physics and those types of theories about reality. I'm like, I'm always researching and searching and mm -hmm. trying to read mm -hmm. about that stuff without getting very confused. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it helps. <laughs> But um, yeah, so that's that's how the name came uh, came to my head. And then it's you know it's those connections that you don't make at that mm -hmm. specific. Time yeah, because yeah. it's it's an unconscious you know process yeah, that leads it. you yeah. to this kind of like choice, but then when the parties started happening and I started like also understanding why the parties are happening and what's going on, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, so I guess I do want to create an alternative reality nice. <laughs> in the space, you know, in the club setting. I so that's. Yeah, and this is where all the audiovisual uh -huh. like yeah. things came later. So it's all the dots were connected, you know. Nice. In the process. Nice days. Yeah. So I just googled it now, and actually, yeah. yes, there is a show. It's on HBO. Yeah, yeah. And HBO, it's like yeah. it's set in a multi-world reality yeah. with the action moving from one world to another. Yeah, right. Oh, bitch, we're gay. <laughs> the story begins in an alternate world where all humans have animal companions called demons. Yeah, demons. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. the manifestation of the human. That's it. Yeah. It yeah. makes so much sense. Yeah. That's it. Like yeah. just let your fucking demon out on the dance yeah, for a bitch exactly. we support it yeah. especially if it's naked yeah. usually <laughs> definitely yeah that's Lenny hey yes, Lenny hey Lenny <laughs> nice okay amazing uh, but this kind of like playing around with your demons and kind of like letting go in the darkness yeah. a little bit like it doesn't just resonate in the rock and roll aspect of um, not just his regular elements like of music in general but yeah. also in kind of like Uh, raving yeah. in its essence, right? Because yeah. you were basically raving in the 90s, right? Yeah. Thriving, yeah. living your yes. best life, bitch. Yes, I did. <laughs> nice, nice. So to what extent would you say that um, these types of virtues, like they shaped your idiosyncrasy, of course, mm -hmm. right? But what did you get out of it the most? Like in, w in what way did they... You yeah. know what I mean? What yeah. would you take out of the 90s, let's say, that affected um, you? Well, I think, not. I don't think, it's. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Like, I, I grew up in the 90s, like, I come from a small town in Greece, mm -hmm. which luckily was close to Athens, and we had our apartment in Athens as well, so we used to go, like, every weekend and go out, but I was very curious about music, as I said, since, like, a really young age, like, yeah, since, yeah. like, maybe, whatever, I started ballet when I was three years old, so it's music and mm -hmm. dance has always been, mm -hmm. like, very important to me. And, like, um, the 90s were very different from, like, the current experience. Yeah. Because back then, especially growing up a girl mm -hmm. in the 80s, 90s, in a small town in Greece, and always being a little bit different than the rest, yeah. you know, very, mm -hmm. like, 
this is me, I'm myself, you know, I yeah, am myself. Yeah. I'm very like, I have this very intense personality yeah. and you know, I come from a different place. And all those rules about how a girl needs to behave mm-hmm. in such a conservative mm-hmm. like atmosphere. Yeah, I was Wait, very- I'm snapping. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And me always questioning like, why should I do that? Because I'm a girl. Like, why mm-hmm. can my brother do that? Because he's a boy, you know? Uh, why can my brother date girls and bring them home and I cannot bring boys at home, you know? Work. Why yeah, is yeah. that, you know? Like, explain to me because I don't understand your explanations. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you know, apart from The Rock, which is, like, very... Not, not Inherent? Uh, no, Rock is, is, is very, like... Oh, I forgot the word. Obvious? No, obvious. Oh. Like, adidrastico. Uh, Responsive. Re- uh, reactive. Um, reactive. reactive. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, some translation going on yeah. here. <laughs> like, rave at that moment, like, the rave scene, it's, this is exactly what it was, mm-hmm. you know? And I heard this electronic sound for the first time, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, what the fuck is this, you know? Because, yeah. of course, I was listening to, I already had the stimulation from, like, Jean-Michel Jacques, which was huh. electronic. But then, like, a whole philosophy came with it. Mm-hmm. Like, this is us, like, the young people saying, fuck off to society. Mm-hmm. And, of course, at, the, at that moment, because it came to my, it came to my hometown, mm-hmm. and all my friends were into it. So what we would do is, like, gather at our houses, because we were super young, so we could not go to the club. Yet it was, like, 15 years old. But we would mm-hmm. have house parties. Mm-hmm. And then we'd turn the lights off and play this, like, fucking, ba- like, banging <laughs> techno, you know? And then the parents yes. would come in and were like, okay, I guess that's what you guys do. But then it came with a whole philosophy, like, fuck you to society, yep. fuck you to, like, the rules, yep. fuck you to those, like, fucking, like, Christian morals, you mm-hmm. know? I'm going to cut my hair short, I'm going to paint it, like, I'm going to color my hair pink, and yep. I'm going to shave my head, I'm going to wear those weird, like, thick shoes and yep. stuff, yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. just going to go out and, like, own myself with my appearance and my beliefs. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I went to Athens, and in my, you know, mind, as I was a girl, you know, I realized that in Athens, it's actually the gay and trans community that owns this culture, mm-hmm. you know? So those Rich were the bitch. clubs, yeah, of course. So those yep. were the clubs that I went out to. It was like gay clubs, and it was like one specific gay club, actually, the factory, which was, ugh. <laughs> anyway, and then, you know, this community taught me how to own myself, uh-huh. how to own my right as a girl, as a person, you know? And everyone in there... It was a free space. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the police were hunting us down. You know, the police yeah. would come. They were like news in the news. They said that they were that were satanists. Because we, yeah, I mean, it was all about that back then. Girl you know, praising. like the the church, Lol. and they're all like, yeah, yeah, like they're all like satanists. So there was a whole thing about parents worrying about their children doing sat- 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 satanistic mm-hmm. like rituals where they're going and they have this weird hair. But imagine that. I mean. It's different now, but imagine that in Greece, oh you know, in the 90s. So it was all about that, you know. It was a community. It was a space. And it was a space where everyone were welcome, mm-hmm. despite their color, despite their size, despite their sexual orientation. What has made me sad, and I have to say mm-hmm. that, is like the people in my age are like fucking douchebags now. Because mm-hmm. apparently this community taught them nothing, you mm-hmm. know. So now I can see them like they're sexist and they're racist. I'm like, dude, like you were raving in the 90s. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So anyway, this is th- those are the things that shaped my personality and already being a curious girl, you mm-hmm. know, in that mm-hmm. in that movement. It's 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 this reverberating of the underground um, that it's what actually accumulates in a personality, mm-hmm. and that's what saddens me as well when I see people kind of like 
taking it for granted. Yeah. Um, in Cyprus, the rave scene, not that much, yeah. right? Because uh, it's still quite underground and yeah. it's very yeah. Um, yeah. trivialized as yeah. well. Yeah. But in, okay, in Cyprus, for example, what they take for granted is the partying in clubs, you know, the mm. type, yeah. the 700 euro reservations. Yeah. They have to give like 50 euro to the valet so you don't look poor. Yeah. It's a different type yeah. of, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. But here in the West, at least, mm. and in Central Europe, there is this yeah. kind of like appropriate, not appropriation, aestheticization yeah. of raving. Yeah. Which is great. I'm not yeah. saying that it's bad. I'd rather listen yeah. to techno everywhere that I go yeah, than like random yeah. Greek music, you know. Yeah. Um, but it saddens me whenever I see people that are in this, um, let's say, world, yeah. being racist, being sexist, being yeah. homophobic, being, yeah. I don't know, ab ageist, ableist, like yeah. all this stuff. I'm like, girl, like yeah. this should be a learning experience. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. It should be something that is therapeutic. It should yeah. be something that encompasses and, and broadens your horizons no matter yeah, how cliche exactly, that sounds exactly, you know yeah. um, but that's the essence of it you yeah know? Exactly. otherwise it doesn't have like a meaning like I agree. A, it did have a meaning like raving of course the, the rave scene in Europe was like mm -hmm. like if you if you get to, to read about it like mm -hmm. the, the whole scene started in in the US you know from like the the, the African yep. Americans yep. and Latin Americans mm. and you know a gay community Detroit community. Bitch. yeah exactly yeah. and but but in Europe when it came it was like the more white more yep. straight version of that yep. you know but still because it was part of this kind of this community mm -hmm. you know when you interact with people the point is wherever you come from to learn from one another yep. you know that's the whole that's that's the point yeah yeah exactly very very that yeah. before we get into more politics of raving though <laughs> yeah. let's go um, in contact by Florian Kupfer love you Florian <laughs> Hi, then, Florian. I, then i'm also going to like share a story about Florian as well <laughs> <laughs>
that was Contact by Florian Kupfer, which is a lovely song, but it goes on for like nine minutes. So <laughs> let's not do that. But yeah, we actually had Florian as a guest. Yes, we and, did. And Last when, summer, actually. Yeah, and when you guys told me, yeah. I lost my shit. Yeah, you did. <laughs> like really, Florian was, like I knew yeah. him before, like, um, you know, uh, we booked him. Yeah. But like the reason I loved him is because like I heard Feeling yeah. uh, when it came out. And I was in the army, actually. And I remember I had this like uh, experience with a friend anyway, where we were like really fucked up. Mm. Uh, one night and that was playing in the background and we like kissed but my friend was straight <laughs> it didn't really go anywhere but we just felt that in the moment yeah. so we kind of like did it and I was like whoa what is going on yeah. you know so then when you told me that actually the next booking would be Florian Kupfer I was like wait what are I you know, serious I remember, I remember the look in your eyes like <laughs> what yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was really like um, that was kind of like a full circle moment for me yeah. kind of like like learning that song and being one of my first introductions in techno and electronic Beyond side trance and uh, you know yeah. what I mean, and then like actually performing while he's playing, yeah. and he, it was like it was really special for yeah, me. Yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, this whole like underground thing that we're talking about, right? It, it it it's indicated and it's portrayed as well in the bookings that his dark elements usually has, yeah. um, and it's reflected um, not just on like the artists that you invite essentially in their work as well. Yeah. Can you tell me like a big moment for you and his dark elements in terms of bookings or maybe like a story about one of them? Yeah. Like just spill yeah. the tea, you know? Well, I think that the most prominent story that I have to say was like our last, our very last party oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with Doll Crowds, you yeah. know, because it's um like since we talked about rock and stuff before, it's, I, I think that, you know, none of them thinking about it. It's more like, I, I like the artists have like a rock element in yep. one way or the other, you know, where mm -hmm. at least I can pick it up. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Dolgrad is also like a fucking rock star. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Like, you're a rock star. Thanks, <laughs> Bangs, trying. So it's like, yeah, it was really special because um, Dolgrad has always been one of my favorite artists. Uh -huh. And I had a very nice memory of him. Not not him personally, but it was... Actually, I wrote that to the like the interviews at Radion because it is one of my most prominent party memories. Because um, yep. I was at Trau one morning. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it was like a magical moment. You know, the sun was coming up, but it was not like oh, pretty, nice. like... Still kind of dark, but it was that moment, you know, where at the party it's like the Gloomy. right people. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. The right people are there. It's not like really packed, uh -huh. but the party's going on because the DJ is really having it at that moment. Yeah. So, like, his track came on. We did not know what track that is, but it was amazing. So, anyway, it was like an adventure to find the track. It was all about the track. And then mm -hmm. I, I discovered, we discovered Doll Crowd. So, like, he was, he was hanging out, like, he has his studio at Radion, mm -hmm. and we, like, talked to him, and sweetest guy ever, like, really like this guy. So, it was, like, a really big moment for me, mm -hmm. you know, to, like, have a His Dark Elements party, like, yeah. what's, like, seven years later after this experience at Trau, and it's like, oh my god, it's actually, like, Dole Crowd playing at yeah, the party. Nice. And, it's like, yeah. and it's fucking pumping. So it was like, oh. Yeah, it was, it was a very special yeah, night for and it those was that were very, there. Yeah, it was a know. very special night. Yeah, like, it really was. Out. It's like our best party It so was, far, I mean, I it's very sad to put in this context, but it was a good yeah. way to go out with a bang yeah, yeah, before exactly. uh, Corona. Yeah. And we're going to come back with a bang. Oh, also. yeah, bitch. <laughs> we always do. <laughs> Wait, whenever there's a bang, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> You're the bang baby. <laughs> <laughs>
That's how good chlamydia two years ago. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe I just said that on fucking radio. I didn't actually have chlamydia, by the way. That's a joke. <laughs> but actually, you no, know, this like rock and roll aspect of it, right? Yeah. And what we're talking about before with the whole like demon and kind of like letting go to your vulnerability, yeah. like Florian, for example, as well. That's actually yeah. the other opposite, right? From Doll Crowd, let's yeah. say that is more rock and roll and more like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Has this like very emotional. And depth very, in, in like very, his music, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean. Like he's a very emotional guy, also. Yeah, it, like, it's, and I say that in a very positive connotation. Yeah, you know, he's like very in touch with what the music will make you yeah, feel. Yeah, and it genuinely does take you on a yeah, journey. Yeah, and that—that's what I meant when I was talking before, like yeah. uh, when I said that I want to be a bit confused. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I want to be like, wait, where are we going? And then like yeah. trust you as a DJ. Yeah. To like take to me take where you, you're taking yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. And yeah. but a story needs to be told. Exactly, you know? bitch. Yeah. Speaking of, yes. right? How about you take us somewhere through a story, <laughs> which is like uh, you've told me this like a couple of times, but I really want you to share the story of going to your first ever concert. It, it was the third one actually. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know so that. So the, the first concert that I w- concert that I went was like Simple Minds. Okay. So it's like very 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the second one was Tripes, which oh is my like God, this I punk love, like love, love, uh, Greek band. It mm-hmm. was fantastic. And the third one was Prodigy, but it was my first one with Prodigy. Yeah. And I took my mom. Oh my to god! A concert. That's amazing. That, that ended up like being a riot. What? <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, story, yeah. No, like, I didn't know the riot part. So I was like really into Prodigy, but I was like what, 14, 15 years old, and of course it was in Athens, so I was mm-hmm. not allowed to go by myself. And my friend got sick and she couldn't make it. And so I was like, I remember me crying hysterically. And so my mom was like, of course, my mom was like young as well. Yeah. Like I was 15 and she was like 35 or something. Yep. So I was like, okay, you know what? You need to take me to that concert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're not going to let me go by myself. So we went together with her and her best friend. She like, <laughs> she still talks about it. Because back then there was this like rival between those that would listen to rock and those that would listen to rave so it's like a teenage you know stupidity thing so there was like some people that were gathered in the rocks it was like in a in a very sandy or something like place in greece it was an open space it was an Uh open theater but there was Uh a lot uh of like dirt and stuff so everyone was like stamping on the dirt and there was this like you know small cloud cloud of dirt that came up So those people were throwing rocks and then the concert stopped and they already, you know how concerts are in Greece yeah, yeah, also, yeah, yeah, yeah. like course. the light up fires and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so we're fire, uh, not fireworks, uh, <laughs> not firecrackers. Firecrackers, like firecrackers yeah, and yeah, like a smoke, uh, whatever. Whatever, yeah, Just yeah, yeah. Get anyway, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was like almost like a riot that broke out. The police came and, you know, of course, back then there were no phones and stuff. And mm-hmm. I had already run away from my mom to go like first row. Mm-hmm. And she was looking for me and we were running. And then the police came and people were like, it was like pretty aggressive. And some people mm-hmm. were running all over the place. And there was this like truck, this gentleman with his family. He saw us and he saw my, actually my mom. It was really funny because mm-hmm. I was running and she was calling me, but I couldn't hear her, and she grabbed me from the head. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot even, like, make this any funnier. It was, like, really funny. So she grabbed me by the hair because I couldn't hear it. It was, like, it was a mess. It was was crazy. Like, people yelling and the police and, like, speakers and stuff. 
So anyway, I found this gentleman and he like literally, it was like a movie scene. Like he literally pushed us in his van and he like, <laughs> <laughs> she took us away <laughs> and took us home. It was fantastic. One of my best experiences in life. Sounds ever. like it. And my bitch. mom's also. Like she's, nice. She's, she will never forget that. that that's it. It's, it's this, um, okay, obviously that's like a precarious situation, right? Yeah. And I've been in that situation as well. Yeah. Um, not per se, Obviously, yeah. Um, but for example, in Cyprus, right? Uh, there was this uh, rave a couple of mm-hmm. months ago, and it was when they introduced uh, the drug test, okay, like narco test, yeah, basically yeah. in in Cyprus, yeah. where essentially the, the the like the cop can actually give you can a test on the spot and yeah. see, yeah, 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 yeah. So they literally went and um, stopped outside of the rave in a oh. hidden like like outside of the fucking of doors of the whole like area you know what i mean and they weren't really visible so they basically like of arrested pretty much everyone yeah, of you course, know of course but that's kind of like grow where they were heading yeah, yeah like what the fuck you know what yeah. i mean that's just not nice it's kind of like just let the people fucking go yeah. you and know you know I mean? how it is in greece also like when you have like even the slight even weed you know that yeah. you like a criminal yeah, so yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a really bad thing to uh-huh. be like part of this like type of scene where there's th- this reputation that people are doing drugs and it's probably like some pervert people, you know, yeah, involved. Yeah, this is exactly. like the notion of the society, you know, how they would see it. But so. it's actually, people are so kind, yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. Especially in Cytrans, uh, for example, yeah, that has also yeah. this like hippie mentality behind it. Like yeah, the politics that are being perpetuated and shared yeah. is like a common understanding, yeah. right? Of just appreciating the music and letting go yeah. to it, you know? Yeah. But yeah. it's this politics exactly that... Um, are trivialized both in Cyprus and Greece, mostly yeah. Greece actually. Yeah, to Greece be honest, because really Greece is also dangerous, right? It is Cyprus very, is annoying, yes, very, but it's no. a lot more dangerous in Athens, no, it's for really example. Dangerous, yeah, it's really dangerous. And um, yeah, okay, maybe the context that brought us together was not the best, evidently, because yeah. we did come together for Zach, yeah, essentially yeah. to commemorate him. Yeah. But um, but we did come together for an important, in, exactly. an important per- uh, like purpose, you know? Yeah, Which exactly. Is What's the foundation of our relationship anyway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, like, throwing the parties. It has to be, like... Yeah, this common political understanding of what it means to be queer or being a raver or be whatever you want to call that. You know what I mean? But, yeah, for those of you that don't know the story of Zakio, please look into it. Yeah. Because we organized a party in Frankreich last year. Yeah. And and we raised uh, money to send it to his family. As like um, Yeah, for the court case. Which is a very, very unfortunate uh, case. Which I might talk to in another podcast, but um, it's uh, it's just a lot. Yeah. It's more that I could like describe. There's like videos going on around, so it's yeah. it's intense. Just look into it, so you kind of like see yeah. the unfairness that is going on in the but political it, it reality. But it portrays very well like the the Greek society and yep. how they see like the people who are who belong in the, they're not normal, yep. you know, exactly uh, categories of people. So if you're queer, if you're like a woman. If then you're going to be victimized and yeah. you're going to be shamed mm-hmm. also yeah, rather exactly. than paying attention to what like the yeah. uh, you know murderer did or yeah. what the abuser did. And know? that's it's the gonna thing. It's going to be your fault. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. the thing. Like the news circulated yeah. about uh, Zach, for yeah. example, like as um, him. yeah, like as uh, gay junkie tries to exactly. rob a jewelry shop when in reality the like Zach was super healthy at the time after yeah. even talking to his brother about yeah. this, right? Yeah. 
He was super healthy at the time. He was taking care of himself. He was a well-respected columnist, right? Very you know much. what I mean? And journalist. Like, and maybe that's what that that's exactly what the problem was. Exactly. That he was talking about issues that people yeah. shouldn't be talking about. Because exactly. he was HIV positive. Yeah. And he was very open about drug use. And yeah. he was very open about sexual liberation. And these are things that you really shouldn't be talking about yeah. in Greece. A very prominent figure at Pride. Also, exactly, you know, honey. Like he was a foundational yeah. member of the queer community, yeah. you know? Yeah. So every chance that I get to speak about him and kind of yeah. like make people remember I shall get because the plan is to never forget yeah. right yeah. Um, but it's time to like wrap this up but before we close off um, do you have any specific goals that you'd like to share for his dark elements in the future maybe any mm. artists that you might have on your wish list or like aspirations in general for maybe yeah. nightlife or whatever for that matter of fact well I mean oh. I did have before the corona crisis. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure how realistic those are to speak about artists and stuff. I mean, of course, you know, we have artists in our minds. But I think for us, it's just to, like, keep evolving, you know, keep, like, mm -hmm. reinventing ourselves, keep adding more artists into the, you mm -hmm. know, the, collect the, um, the collective, like, picking artistic brains and uh -huh. finding ways... Of for more people to express themselves through, like, you know, their artistic existence. So, yeah, I mean, of course, the, the, um, we have the goal to do more parties at Radio, and we will continue to do that. But that now, you know, to yeah. be more realistic, we have to see how this situation yeah, is going to go course, and what course. we can plan. We had our party next week, actually. I know, yeah. I know. Which is, well, yeah. this will be released the week that we were supposed oh, yeah, to have the course, party. Yes. So this is kind of like our, oh, guys, yeah. we could have been together, yeah. but hear us yeah, talk and okay. bitch for like an hour. It's also yeah. great. But I mean, we, we, will, we are coming up with some like really interesting stuff okay. for, this, okay. for this time being. And, you know, that's uh, the, the spaces at Radion and the time that we can use according to the measurements, so okay. the measures that are in place. So we'll talk about that a little bit later when everything yeah, is in place. You didn't yeah. tell me either, yeah. bitch. Okay, work. <laughs> so that was it for Quintessentially Queer. Again, I am your host, George Rallis, here with the lovely Kalila Pimetas. Thank you. Oh. Yes. <laughs> wait, wait, where is it? So you're done with the interview, so... Whoa, that goes for a while. Okay, sorry, that was a bit too much. Um, so you can follow me on Facebook under Quintessentially Queer and in Instagram under Gravity Grave with an underscore. And follow His Dark Elements on all platforms and as at His Dark Elements. Yes. So we're closing off with uh, a song from Daddy, Pablo, <laughs> Disco, and Salome. Mm -hmm.